I was going to add on to that. Oh, you were going to add on to the yeah. grilled Have cheese Have you ever comment? dipped a grilled cheese in cane sauce before? All right, well, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Just Another Baseball Pod. My name is Noah. I'm Braden. And we are two guys that like college baseball, and we're going to talk about college baseball. So, uh, Braden, what is your baseball background like? What gives you the right to tell people what to think about college baseball? Um, I played since I was at the wee age of three years old, and I played high school baseball. Unfortunately, any plans of going college kind of faded whenever COVID kicked in, but I still think I know a decent amount of it, and I love to talk about it. Noah, what about you? Well, kind of like you too. Since the wee age of how old? How old were you? I was three. You were three. I was four. And you're an animal. Yeah, I'm different. Yeah. So when I was four, started t-ball, played for what was it like 15 years, 16 years, whatever it is, all through high school. You know, had opportunities to go play at the next level, but. That wasn't in the cards for me. So to stick around the game that I love, you get into coaching, umpiring, you know, doing all those things. So you're always around the game, and you get to do things that you enjoy around the game. So, uh, yeah, a lot, I watch a lot of baseball. Same here, yeah. I feel like we need to say this up front, too. We're both LSU fans, so if you don't like that, I'm sorry. But there, there is going to be sometimes a little LSU lean, but the hope here – is not just to talk about LSU and how awesome LSU is. The hope is to be talking about college baseball from the average fan's perspective. You know, there are so many good resources out there, you know, like D1, Baseball America, all of that stuff, and they're way smarter than we are, and they know all of the coaches, they know all of the things, but you know what we don't have out there? Just two two jolly boys talking about college baseball. 100%. And, you know, that's just, that's what we're striving to do. Like, we're not out here researching hardcore every week. Obviously, we will keep up with stats and whatnot. But at the end of the day, we just want to talk baseball like any other average guy or girl. You know, they got girls that like baseball too. Yeah. If you're a girl that likes baseball, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I guess. And, you know, maybe we'll throw in some softball here and there. Ooh. Yeah. Don't get me started with softball, man. Oklahoma is bad for the sport. I'm just going to say it. I'm just putting that out there now. There's your there's your softball drop every, for the every day. Every sport has, you know, their 60s Celtics, their 2000s Patriots. But, you know, everything You know, nobody comes to wants end, that. You no, know? but it's going to You know why everybody hates LSU? Because they're good. Okay, nobody, we're, we're just now continuing. This. We're, like, returning to goodness, if that makes sense. We've just been kind of mediocre for a while, and we're kind of back to being really good. Yeah, but... Still, nobody likes us because we're successful. Nobody true. likes That's you when true. you're successful. Look back at Tennessee two seasons ago, right? That's true. They Everybody's got to have a villain, and Tennessee was the perfect villain two years ago. That's true. I agree. But if you're a villain too often, then it's too bad for the sport. That is true as well. Too bad for the sport. Right. Well, anywho, now that we've uh, rambled on about nonsense for a little while, this is going to be kind of a preseason review show for you so basically what we're going to try to do today is we're going to go through some teams that we think you need to be watching out for this year some surprise teams that may sneak up and make a a nice little run maybe to omaha maybe to a super we don't know but we'll start out with the little guys and whenever i say the little guys i'm meaning all of the other conferences outside of, in football, what you would consider the Power Five. So this is your 
you know, your Sun Belts. This is your uh, AAC, your Conference USAs, all of that stuff. So I'll start, and I'll give you a team to watch, and Braden, you can take a team to watch after I, I ramble on for a little while. I think the team that we need to watch this year, as far as the little guys go, and you probably hear it every year, is ECU. They are always in the conversation. Right? Dude, they're they're always there, and they can never get over the hump. And it's so aggravating. I can only imagine how annoying it is to be an ECU fan, to have so much success throughout a regular season, and then once the postseason rolls around, oh, hey, Here's your reward for being really good this year. You're matched up with Texas in a Super Regional. Like, how aggravating does that have to be? Like, they almost don't want you to have an opportunity to get to Omaha. Dude, Cliff Godwin is such a good coach. Like, I was, I was, I was on the Cliff Godwin train whenever Paul Maneri retired at LSU. I thought that that was who they needed to hire immediately. And the fact that they didn't had me real mad. Obviously, that's all in the past now. But the dude is a really good coach and knows what he's doing, and he knows how to get the most out of his guys. They're returning so many major contributors this year. I think the question for ECU is what kind of help are you going to get from the new guys? I mean, looking back, you can go – I looked back at it earlier, and I think 2018, 17, somewhere in there. But they've consistently had 40-plus wins every single year, and it seems like it's almost like a bad movie series. They're like the good guys who can just never quite beat the bad guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm rooting every year. The good guys never win, They're going to make it this year, and they just don't. They never quite get over that hump. But like you said, they have returning guys, but can the new guys really help? Because I don't know. There's only so many years in a row that a mid-major can really, you know, play at that level of competition without getting over the hump and eventually just kind of fade back into mediocrity. Yeah, but and we're know. we're not alone in this either. You see D1, Baseball America, USA polls, like all of them are thinking really highly of ECU. It's just going to be a matter if they can actually handle the pressure of expecting to be good this year, you know. And I I think this is the year, man. And we're, we're going to talk about our Omaha 8 a little bit later on and – uh, I'll give you a little peek into that. I think this is it, man. I think this is their year I to sure make make so. it to Omaha. All right, who are you looking at for uh, for the little guys this year? So look, let's look at Santa Barbara. So one thing about them, very small school, obviously, don't play a super difficult schedule, but they have a really good pitching rotation. They did lose one guy to the portal, uh, Seth White maybe, or Seth Russell, what, was that his name? I don't know, but they had a team ERA of 3.81 last year. And they Shoo. made it to the Super Regional. Who did they play in the Super Regional again? Do you remember? Oh, man. I remember them making it. Uh, Not off the top of my head. I, I should look at it right that. now. But, yeah, to, to kind of piggyback off of you, dude, like I don't think that they're just a good pitching rotation. Low-key, I think they're probably going to have the best rotation in the league, like in the NCAA. Like I legitimately believe – that the three guys that they had, they brought in a freshman, I can't remember his name, who is, who's touted to end up being, like, one of those dudes, like a dude that you look back on or look forward to in the next five years or whatever, and you're like, oh, he's in the big leagues Right, now. right. Oh, nope, I, I was very badly mistaken. They did not make a Super Regional last year. I don't know who I got confused with them. 
My mistake. But still, that doesn't negate anything that we've been talking about. Now, the one thing I have to say is their lineup. The the hitting numbers are just not there. And that's the problem. In today's age of college baseball, you got to hit. I mean, that's it. baseball all the time you have to hit. But especially now, if you can't, you know, supplement good pitching, doesn't matter. Look at LSU. You know, they sucked in the beginning because they had horrible pitching. Wait, no. That's reverse. Anyway, forget what I just said. Um, but, yeah. We're you know, you know who game. can hit really good out west? Who? UC Irvine. Really? UC Irvine got snubbed last year, man. Like, they sh- they should have right. been there in the was field. That, there was that big argument because they were, like, one of the last four out. And they actually had a really good record. And didn't they win their conference? Or, no, they didn't win their conference. They, like, came in second or something like that. They had a good showing in the, uh, I guess, their Big West. I think that's where they're at. They had a good showing in the Big West tournament. Ultimately, ended up losing out. But you know who? Uh, you know who Irvine returns from that team last year that got snubbed? Who? Everybody. Young Ross. Everybody. Nice. I like that. Right. So Santa Barbara might have the best rotation in the nation, but uh, I think UC Irvine might end up coming in and getting them because you're, you've got a team full of guys who are going to have that sour taste in their mouth from not being able to prove themselves in the field last year, they're going to want to come back. They're going to want to make some noise. And uh, obviously when you return pretty much everybody, if not everybody from your roster, the only place to go is up. It's not often that you return guys and you see a regression, right? Right. You you always see progression. So I think Irvine, man, Irvine might jump up and get somebody. You know who else – Everybody forgets about how good they are, and they always end up making it into the tournament and sometimes making a run. I think I know who you're going to say. but you DBU. Yep, Dallas Baptist. Dallas, why does everybody forget about how good they I are? I don't know, because they are always up there, it seems like. like. Dude, they went into Stillwater last year, and they took care of business. They did. Like They made they it happen, dude. Like they, they weren't supposed to go into Stillwater and be really anything, provide much resistance at all. And they went up there and they uh they took it, they man. Took care of it. They, they did. took care of business. You know where they finished in the RPI last year? Uh, I do not. Thirteenth. What did they really? Thirteenth, dude. Who did they play in the supers last year? Did they make it to the supers? Who was it? Oh man, I sh- I should Gosh, remember this. I know. This is what we're talking about, though. We're uh, just average guys because we don't have all these numbers off the top of our head, but. We do watch, I promise. We're not just coming in here. Maybe one day my memory will be good enough to where I can just tell you, you know, what happened in the 2007 College World Series in game number four. But that day, not is not, that day is not today, for sure. I can't even find it right now. It's giving me all sorts of crap. But anyway, they're always good. We know this. Like you said, th- number 13 in the RPI. I could have sworn they made the World Series a few years ago. Maybe I'm, I'm No, they did. they did. They did. They yeah. did. Shoot, when was that? Probably like 20... A couple years 18? ago, yeah. Something like that. Somebody can fact check us on that, and I'm sure if anybody actually listens to this, they will. But, man, Dallas Baptist has always got one of those teams. They got a bunch of freshmen coming in who I know are going to, to make a difference for them. Dallas Baptist's problem has always been their the depth of their pitching staff, right? Like, they can have a dude out there one to two days you know, in a weekend series. But after you have those one to two guys, there always seems to be just enough drop-off to where they can't get over that, you know, the, that mid-tier conference hump. 
Like, you're good enough in your conference. You'll be able to dominate in your conference. But when you go up against these bigger D1 schools and whenever you find yourself getting into Omaha and trying to make a run in Omaha, they just don't have the dudes on the mound to make it happen. And we see that so often. I mean, like you said, that's just kind of what separates the good from the great. I mean, I'm thinking of Oregon State and LSU. I will get to that later, but same situation there. But we'll talk about that later. We're we're on the, the little guys right now. But, yeah, 100%. They always can hit, I feel like. Uh, family friend, uh, he played at DBU about four or five years ago. Now he's in the minors. I remember that's when I first started paying attention to him, and I'm like, dang, these guys are good, like making it to the World Series and stuff. And We'll see how it goes. Like you said, pitching, it's they're, they're good enough to, like you said, win the mid-conferences, but once you start getting against the big boys, there's only so much you can do before it just pitters out and you start getting dinged all around. They'll always come up and surprise somebody. Yeah. And that, that's, I think, they what will. helps – teams like DBU and a lot of those smaller Texas schools is you know who they play in the midweek like they're going to play Texas yeah they're they're going to play TCU they're going to play like they're not they're not going and playing nobodies like they're filling their schedule with dudes and and really good teams they're playing competition 100 percent so do you have any uh any surprise teams from the from the little guys that you want to highlight on uh, one team I think we should be looking at is Samford, the Samford Bulldogs. Bro, Samford's always one of those teams that's like, like they'll put out talent. Like you think of Sonny Deshera, right? That yep, ended yep. up transferring to Auburn, and there's always like the Sonny Deshera that comes from Samford, and it always makes you wonder, like, why are they not better? Yeah, they get all this talent, but they just don't. I guess they don't pull it all together. They only get a few at a time. Like they ha- we. Uh, Tyler McManus, LSU, yeah. he was from there, and he started getting hot at the end of the year. He had some talent. Like, man, how do you have all these guys but not produce better numbers, you know? Yeah. But, I think, didn't they make it to the uh, – they were in a regional last year, weren't they? I believe they were. I do. Do you remember where they got put? I'm My mind's was thinking Auburn. Auburn. I mean, we might just be thinking that because of Sonny Deshera, though. It might be. Yeah. I'll check that, though. Well, they are from Alabama, so that would make sense. I'm checking that right now. Sorry for the awkward silence. This is the point where we need to have some little button that, you know, plays like Southern Miss, maybe? Is that it? Southern Miss. Uh, Yep. Nope, it was the Auburn Regional. Sure was. was. They played Southern Miss in the Auburn Regional. Ah, yes, yes. Yeah, so, man, I agree with you. Sanford's one of those teams where you're just kind of sitting around waiting for them to take another jump and another leap. And, you know – be full disclosure here, like we have not done a deep dive into the Sanford roster to see just how good you would expect them to be. But, you know, whenever you're whenever you're a team like Sanford where you're a, a regular in the NCAA tournament, like you you do expect at some point you're gonna make that jump, right? To to where you can come up and you can surprise somebody. Right. And that I think that's kind of why we think they're a surprise team because I think this can always be the year, and you could probably say it every year for Sanford, that they're one of the teams that you're just waiting around for them to to nip somebody, you know, to go into a regional and beat a one seed that they weren't expecting to beat, you know. So uh, I agree with you with Sanford. You know another team that I I forget about often, but every time I see them play, I'm like, oh, man, y'all can play a little bit. Who's that? UNCW. Oh, that's a name I haven't heard in a while, actually. Dude, they came to the 
they came to LSU yeah. for a regional. Like, when was that? In like 2017? 15, 16, sometime in that. I don't remember. Yeah. Dude, and they were some big boppers. They were. They actually they, hit the they ball. They could swing it, man. They did. They were a good team. And this year they're switching conferences. Where are they going? Where, where are they from and where are they going? Where they're from, couldn't tell you. I think they're going to the CCA, though. Okay. The Coastal Something Association. I don't know. I think it's the same conference as the likes of Campbell. You know, yeah. Campbell, who uh, they, it was a was a host team last year. Right. So we're gonna see UNCW probably more consistently going up against some better competition, and they won their conference tournament last year. I think there was something with the conference where like it's now dissolved or whatever. Okay. So like, they were the last ever conference champions to come from their conference. So they're still a good club. It's going to be a matter, I think, for them taking this this jump up in competition and taking a step up. Like, can they hang? You know, can they hang with this this higher level of competition more consistently instead of just relying upon, you know, we'll go play UNC on a Tuesday in February or whatever. Like, can you go into Campbell and can you win a three-game set with them? Right. So let's let's talk about some big boys now. Uh, yes. this, this is what this is what the people care about. Everybody right. likes a little underdog story, but everybody's curious. I think more of the big dogs. So, you know, we're gonna we're gonna talk SEC because we're we're in SEC country. And since we're SEC, we're gonna also start off with with our guys. So let's let's look at LSU. So starting off last year, that's you can't write it up any better. You know, they had obviously had their pitching woes earlier in the season, but they just buckled down in Omaha and. I haven't really seen a performance like that from an entire team in a while in college baseball. It was just so impressive. But on that note, how does Jay Johnson come back this year from an all-time great team with generational talent, and how does he replicate that this this season? Dylan Cruz ain't walking through the door, man. Yeah. yeah. Paul Skeens, nope. that brother's gone. Yep. Yeah, it, it's going to be tough, man. And it's going to be tough not just because of what Jay Johnson has to deal with, but we're going to talk a little bit more about some other teams. The SEC is just so dominant every single year. Every, yeah. And every year, everybody's beaten up on each other. And that's why, you know, you you take SEC play with a grain of salt because if you're having a rough time in the SEC, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're a bad team. It is not a gauge of your skill or talent at all, no. Right, all. and I and I honestly think, man, LSU's going to struggle a little bit to start. You've got to replace most of your starting nine from last year's national championship team. Now, you're replacing them with some pretty well-known guys. Yeah, right? like, very well-rounded talent. Right, like you got Bear Jones going back to first base instead of Beloso. Uh, one thing I'm really interested to see this whole deal with Josh Pearson, At a left-hander, yeah. going to second base. Wait, like, no, he throws right-handed. He does. You're right. You're right. He hits left-handed. Sorry, it happens sometimes. It does. It does. But then, so like Jordan Thompson, you know, and all the grief that yep. LSU fans have given Jordan Thompson, like, dude played a really solid he, he shortstop did. for three years, man. He did. And, that's something you can take for granted. But you know who you throw in there? Let's throw in an SEC transfer, Michael Braswell. Dude can play some defense. He Dude can play defense, and you know what he's been doing? He's been hitting the ball this fall, man, and even into the spring. Like, he's looking so much better than he did at South Carolina, and I think that he's going to play a huge role. You got Tommy White still. Yep. Like, Tommy White's going to be a dog. Country, I, know, but I mean, up he's – Up for debate, I guess, but – 
There's a few guys I debate with you on. We'll, we'll, get to, we'll do we'll, that later. We can, get, we can do that later. But yeah. here's one thing that I think you're going to have to see from LSU this year to win some games. We know that they were the big boppers last year, swinging big sticks, hitting gaps, hitting bombs, all of that good stuff. Yep. I think with this year's team, Jay Johnson's going to have to get really interesting in his offensive mindset. I'd expect to see some some more hit and runs, some more small ball, some more bunting, just because of how how many unknowns he has as far as his lineup goes. There's talent there, man. Like they're going to be one of, if not the most talented team again in the SEC. It's going to be a matter of if they can come together and figure it out at the right time. Yep, with a bunch of transfers coming in, you have freshmen. Talent's there. It's 100% there. It might not, you might not have your big dogs aside from Tommy White and a few other names, but you have a really well-rounded team. You have speed. You, you can hit for contact and power a little bit, I guess. And your pitching's way more well-rounded than last season, in my opinion. I don't know if you disagree with that or not, but I, I would think it is. This pitching staff, and I heard, I heard somebody say it, you know, on local radio around here, yeah. this pitching staff is – the best that we've had since the mid 2010s, the early 2010s. Whenever you look back Which, and you see like that's the saying a lot, yeah, you see like the groups that had uh, the Aaron Nolas, the Gossmans, you know that those groups of people, Poche, like there, yeah. there have been some dudes to come through here, and to say that this is the most well-rounded pitching staff that you've had since that time, I think is it's big. It's gonna it's gonna rely a lot on how good your starting pitching can be. Mm -hmm. You know, like how how much can you get out of your starters? Now, there's another team who I personally think is probably going to be better than LSU this year. Yeah. And it and it pains me it's to say gonna, that. you're going to say the team that we beat huh, in the championship. It's got to be Florida, yep, man. Yep. And I I kind of agree with you. They they've got some dogs on that team, man. It's just you can't deny it. They Kevin O'Sullivan's an incredible coach and they've got Caglione coming back. Cade Curlin's an absolute animal. Uh, well, let's let's talk about let's go out to Cags for a little bit. So, do you think he repeats that success from last year, improves upon it, or do you think it's just kind of stagnant or maybe a recessive season? What do you think? I think he's a player of the year, dude. Like I don't, I don't see a scenario where he regresses at all, because you know what you right. can't teach. You can't teach ninety nine from the left side and four hundred and. 20-foot bombs. You can't you can't game. teach that kind of stuff. Like, no. he, he's just naturally a dog. You're right. You know, so, like, he's your player of the year. And I think it's his – it's honestly his award to lose because he's – gosh, he's the Otani of college baseball, man. When you're getting up there and you're starting on a Saturday or a Sunday, you shove there, and, oh, by the way, you go, I don't know, 10 for 14 over an entire weekend with three bombs and, you know, eight – 10 RBIs like that's what that's what you expect out of the dude at this point you know you the the thing that I think is going to be scary for him and scary for Florida fans is can he stay healthy right you know like we saw him last year like he did it last year but can he continue to do it and be healthy the entire time yeah man playing at that level for such a long time two years in a row it's almost bound I mean I hope not but injury is almost light like We'll see, I suppose. He's a big dude. I mean, he, like how Paul – we talked about Paul Skeens and how he was injury-resistant for the most part. And I'm hoping the same thing for Caglione because he's an absolute freak of nature. I would 
as much as it would pain me if he were to come and shove against LSU, I would love to see him get that fastball under control, a little bit off speed, because that man would be unstoppable. And 100%, like you said, the player of the year is his to lose, without a doubt. So you know who had a lot of success in the World Series that returns, and I think it's kind of the wild card for Florida? Who's that? Ty Evans. You know, I totally forgot about his run that he had in the World Series. What, he hit like seven or eight bombs in the World Series? It was insane. It was something otherworldly, dude. It was crazy. Like, I'm going to be curious to see where he plays into it because not only do you have like all these guys coming back for Florida, but you also have just a, a stacked freshman class. You got dudes pumping 95, 99. You got dudes that can hit gap to gap. Like, they've got it all. They're they're so well rounded, but I think that they're only going to make it as far as their bullpen can take them. Yeah, and I think that was a lot of their problem last season. They they ran out of gas, man. Like you can only expect so much out of your bullpen arms, and Florida just got to a point last season where the bullpen couldn't do it anymore. Like they they rode them as much as they could, and they were they were great for a while, but eventually like. You just run out of gas. It was it was very obvious that they had run out of gas. I, I was worried in the World Series because they have some real dudes that can pitch, but they just reached their limit, man, and it happens. That's baseball. But So let's, let's look at another team. And like we said earlier, the SEC is just always stacked. But let's talk about Arkansas. So what do you, what do you think about Arkansas this season? I think they're going to be incredible once again. They always are good, but what do you think? It's so hard to say, man, because – they have so many returning dudes. You know, they have Peyton Stovall. They got Holt. They got Wagner coming back. Yep. They got uh, Diggs. Kendall Diggs, yep. Kendall Diggs coming back. Like they've got dudes coming back, and they really attacked the transfer portal hard. And they got some guys there too. They got a uh, got a tran a catching transfer from a uh, Texas Tech, and that was one of their big bugaboos last year. Is they weren't able to find any sort of consistency behind the plate. Like, they were platooning, like, just trying to piece it together and make it work. Like, I think that they got a dude behind the plate. And they, they brought in this guy from Cal Poly. I can't remember his first name. Aloy is his last name. The Wehiwa? I don't know. I'm probably not saying that right. Wehiwa? W-E-H-I-W-A. But, yeah, like you're saying, like, Aloy, Aloy. Dude hit something like 340. 376. 370. Oh, man. Let's see here. 88 hits, 15 doubles, five triples for a catcher. That's a lot. Oh, no, no. 14 home Alo runs. Aloy is a middle infielder, man. That's going to be their starting shortstop. Day Wait, one. are you talking about? Which one are you talking about? Aloy. You're, you're talking about Aloy? Yeah. Yeah, this is what I'm talking about. Yeah, he's a shortstop. Oh, not, really? Not behind the plate. Mar Martin, something Martin from Texas Tech, he's behind the plate. No, you're, no. He's a Hudson, Hudson, uh, Hudson White. White. I know White. What you were thinking yeah, that's of, it. of that kid that played for you. That's what you're thinking. That's of. right. Yeah. yeah, you're right. But no, he's got. Let's see what he's. Let's see. Uh, his stats. I believe you. He probably was hitting. He batted 260 last year. With 11 double six home runs, which is really not bad. What is he like defensively though? Defensively, from what from what I've read. From what I've heard, like he's going to provide kind of that that calming presence that you expect out of your your catcher. And Bra me and Braden both were pitchers in high school. Like one of the things that I know I valued a ton, and he's sitting here shaking his head, is nodding, having like, nodding his head. <laughs> yes, 
you like that calming presence behind the plate, right? Like whenever everything is is going wrong, whenever things don't seem to go your way, you want that guy behind the plate that's going to take that leadership role and that's going to to help kind of calm the storm. And that's what it what it seems like, at least from what I've read and from what I've heard, that he's going to become. And so when you look at all of the arms that Arkansas has, and they got a lot of them. They do. They they return all of their guys from last year, all their big their big guys from last year. Oh, Hagen Smith is back. Hagen Smith is back, unfortunately. Oh, Brady Tiger oh, is back. Man. Like and then on top of that, let's go ahead and let's add a a six five six six freshman Deets yep. who can pump ninety five ninety seven from the left side. Let's go ahead and just add that in there. They have probably the best arsenal of lefties in college baseball. I would argue that embarrassment of riches yeah. up there, dude. But again, I think the the question with them is going to be, can they finally get over the hump? Man, they they judge against TCU, man. You're you're a drop pop fly away from a national championship, mm-hmm. and then ever since then, the narrative on your team has been you choke all the time. And honestly, hap- yeah. honestly, they do. It's the truth. So, are you going to finally exercise those demons? Right? Can you finally get past that that hurt that you had from missing out on a national championship, and just flush it, get rid of it? and prove to the rest of the country that we're dudes and we're here and we're ready. Like, we're ready for anybody that you send our way. And it's going to be interesting, again, to see if they can stay healthy. They had a bunch, a bunch of of just little nagging injuries that kind of kind of ruined them toward the end of the season. So we'll see with them, too. I want to go ahead and let's, let's jump to our surprise teams for the SEC. Okay. And I, I want to take Tennessee. Okay. You know why? Why? I think they're going to be bad. <sighs> that's a that's a bold. Statement. I don't think they're going to be good, man. We know we know with Tony Vitello what is. his team's going to do they're going to be they're going to hit they're going to hit the ball they're going to be awesome at hitting the ball you know what they've had in the past that i don't really know that they have this year pitching pitching a a bullpen not just pitching a bullpen deep drew beam's back we know what drew beam's going to be like he's going to be good yeah like he's going to be a dog you bring back that that seacrest kid who is their midweek guy he showed up in Hoover and mm-hmm. in the College World Series, like, was awesome. Did really well. Who else you got? You know, like. Lost Chase Burns, which we'll get to him later. But talent, it's just, you think of two years ago, and it seemed like there was no way anybody was hit, hitting any of that pitching. And eventually they did get knocked out of the tournament, but they don't have that anymore. And, you know, offense is going to take you a long way. But eventually, just like we saw with that team from two years ago, when you get to Omaha, man, it can be a hitter's graveyard. It is different, yeah. And if if you're relying too much on your offense and you can't play defense, like they couldn't play defense last year. Nope. I'm I'm just going to come out and say it. They were terrible, terrible defensively. If you can't play defense in Omaha, if you can't pitch the ball in Omaha, you're not going to win. 
So I don't think Tennessee's going to be very good this year. Like, they may make a run just because they have offense, and they're going to have offense as long as Tony Vitello is at the, at the helm over there. They're going to hit the ball, and they're going to hit the ball well. But I don't think they're going to be able to pitch it well enough to make any sort of significant run. Well, you know, I said that was a bold take, but it actually makes a lot more sense now, and I kind of agree with you. But the other one, the other team that we're gonna we're gonna say a surprise team is Georgia. So obviously they they now have Wes Johnson, who is the pitching coach at LSU, and he's their head coach. And when they played LSU, they actually they played us pretty pretty tight. I'm not gonna lie, but one thing they were lacking was pitching. I mean, obviously, and I I really think Wes Johnson's gonna fix that up a lot. We know they can hit uh, Charlie Condon. He, that dude, he can mash. Is it Condon or Condon? Yeah, yeah. that's how you say it. But I, I remember him hit. That dude can hit the ball. He was true freshman. Is that mm-hmm. correct? Yeah. So he, we, at least another two years, he's going to be doing that. So he, he, they definitely have the coaching. I think they have the talent to make it further this year. I, I think they'll make a super. I think that they have that talent. That was going to be my hot take. What? Is that Georgia is going to be a super regional team this year? You think that so too? I think so. They play in a matchbox, dude. So, like, obviously, if you can hit the ball and you can hit the ball decently, like, you're going to be successful at Georgia. They're bugaboo last year, and we saw it whenever LSU went over there because we obviously pay closest attention to them. Yeah. Like, they couldn't pitch. Nope. Like, they couldn't throw, they couldn't throw enough strikes. The strikes they're throwing are meatballs, basically. Right over the plate, yeah. And so, I think Wes Johnson, with his experience coming from the MLB and the pitching side of the MLB, looking at what he did at LSU and with the pitching staff over there, I think that was that was goal number one for him as soon as he stepped on campus is we got to figure out the pitching problem. So I, I trust Wes Johnson, and I think he's going to do that. So I think they're going to be a super regional team. It will definitely be interesting to see. So now that we've talked about the mighty SEC, let's move on to what I, I would say is the second-best conference, the ACC. And so obviously, let's let's start with the big boys. You know, we're we're talking about Wake Forest. Number so one, baby. Last season, it's undeniable they led the country in ERA by .8. I think I want to say like the pitching over there is just insane. They have hitters. They're going to be a great team once again this year. But is there and they they acquired Chase Burns as well in the transfer portal. Uh, no. What do you what do you think about them this year? Can I do a chant? A chant? Yeah. Uh, sure. Go ahead. Overrated. The team or Chase? Chase Burns. I think the acquisition of Chase Burns is overrated. Why? Sure, he can throw 102 miles an hour, but like he can't. <laughs> like whatever. If you can't throw a strike, like who cares? Who cares how hard you throw? Dude. Okay. I agree. But still, you can't just say Tony he Vite- throws 102, but that doesn't matter. Tony, Vite- Tony Vitello couldn't make him a starter. What makes us think that Wake Forest, just because they have a pitching lab, they're going to make him into a starter dude, dude, and make him into this incredible like MLB prospect? Did, if you saw the work that the pitching lab has done, they took uh, Hartle, Josh Hartle. I was looking at it. The year before, he came in, he was a stud out of high school, but was given up runs left and right and it comes back the next year and I want to say he had a was it a low twos or high ones ERA there dude they there they had a team ERA of 2.81 that's insane you can't tell me that Chase Burns isn't going to get in there and at least make some slight improvement because he's he's right there I watched him play yeah he's all over the place he got knocked around every once in a while 
But if you got a dude that throws 102, and I want to, doesn't he throw, is it a slider that he throws? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, they're going to get him to work, and he's going to be good at the very least. Well, it's going to depend on what they expect him to do. Like, do you expect him to come in and be your Friday night guy to where you've got to go out there and you've got to get game one and you've got to set the tone for the rest of the weekend? To be fair, he doesn't have to be with their staff, but But, maybe. But if that's your expectation of him, he can't do that. He's proven he can't do that. He's proven that the place that he that he is most comfortable is at the back end of a bullpen, and he can eat up innings if he has to. But if he has to go through the whole process of being a starter and doing like having the mentality of a starter, and you know this too because we were both starting pitchers, not just pitchers, yeah. but starting pitchers. Like there's a completely different mentality that goes into it, and I just don't think he has it. Uh, you know, but the team's still stacked. They are, like, they, dude. They're gonna be so they good. They got dudes. Yeah, it's. It's not going to be a question of if they're good. It's just how good are they going to be, which I think they'll be really good. But anyway. So who's going to surprise you in the ACC? Uh, let's look at Clemson. I'm going to talk about Clemson. So last year, obviously, they got hot at the end of last year. And I cannot remember the dude's name. What was the guy's name? I think he went to the draft this past season. You know what I'm talking about? You're talking about the guy that ended up at Tennessee? Billy Anik? Yes. Yeah. Yes. He was one of the guys. They had a few different guys. But I just remember they got hot. But I, I just – that's not happening again. They lost a ton of players from last year. Like you said, the transfers, I want to say a guy or two got taken in the draft. I, I just don't see them repeating that. It's going to be a massive fall off. I mean, I honestly, I really think it's going to be Wake Forest in Virginia for the most part in this, this season. But I do too. But but you know who I think is going to be surprising and may, may surprise somebody and might even make it to Omaha? Who? NC State. I totally forgot about NC State. Dude, NC That's, State has some bats, man, that are going to carry them for a long way this season. I think the question with them is, can their pitching catch up to their offense enough to make them an Omaha team? Like, they they have the ability to be incredibly explosive. I'm not going to say, like, last year LSU explosive or, like, Gorilla Ball Days explosive, but they have enough offense to where they can they can make a serious run but can the pitching be enough? And that's, that's I think, the question that we're going to see pretty early on for them because they, they have a pretty decent schedule right here at the beginning of the year. Now, give me give me a second here. What you looking I should, for? I should have done this beforehand. But uh, their, their baseball schedule, man, they uh, – they, they want to be a good team, and because of that, they're trying. They're trying to add different teams to their schedule to prove that they are good teams, right? So, it's not coming up for me. But take a, take a look at NC State's schedule, and you'll figure out quickly if they're going to be legit or if they're going to be some pretenders. There's not going to be much time for them to figure it out, right? All right, so let's move on to the Big Twelve. So starting off, TCU. Well, uh, let's just call it what it is. It kind of feels like they lucked in Omaha, yeah. I would say. They they beat Arkansas, a really good Arkansas team. Like, props to them, you know. But uh, I don't know. It almost felt like they didn't belong there. Yeah. I mean, whenever you go up to Omaha and you lose to the Cinderella of Oral Roberts. Yeah. Not yeah. not great look, but also we can't we can't negate the fact that like they are a talented bunch. They are. They re- they return a good amount of of starters from that team. Uh, they they have the ability to make it there again, but how do they respond to that run that they made last year? Like, are they going to respond well 
to being more of a hunted team instead of a surprise team. That's that's kind of what we, what I think we need to see. Uh, yeah. I think with Texas Tech, I think Texas Tech's one of those forgotten about teams. They lost some big time players, but they also returned most of the lineup outside of those big time guys. Uh, they have some options to replace them through transfer portal and freshmen, but again, the question with them last year and the reason why they were they were kind of held back last year was not their offense, and it seems to be this way with most college teams. It's their pitching staff. And it's how how far can your pitching staff take you? And I think that's the question for Texas Tech again this year. They have the options on offense, and they'll be able to make some noise on offense. But how far is your pitching staff going to take you? And I tell you, man, they got some dudes. Like, they got some young dudes. They got some returning dudes. They got some guys out there that are, that are going to be pretty good. So I'm going to be interested to see how far exactly they can go. Uh, I don't know if this is actually going to be a surprise team or not. But I think West Virginia's posed for a pretty poise. Well, put. shoot, they have the dude I thought might. The only reason he I didn't think I think he didn't win the Golden Spikes last year. Weatherholt, mm-hmm. by the way. Uh, yeah, what he put up like a four thirty average. Dude can flat out hit, man. It, it's pretty crazy. But yeah, the only reason he didn't win the Golden Spikes last year was because Dylan Dylan Cruz was playing college baseball and Paul Skeens. Wait, did Paul Skeens or Dylan Cruz win it last year? I can't remember. Dylan Cruz. They were both the top, like, two or three. They were top three. three. I couldn't remember, man. Just forgive me. Paul Skeen's on so many awards, too. It's hard. We That's how good the talent was. Anyway, we're done talking about LSU. But, yeah, uh, Weatherholt, he's going to be a monster. I'm not sure about the rest of the lineup. I didn't really pay super close attention to him last year, but do you know any more about that? So I know they're replacing a lot of innings on the mound, and that might not be a bad thing because they weren't very good on the mound last year. Okay. Well. They're, they're bringing in some guys in the transfer portal. Uh, from what I've read a little bit about them, they got some freshman arms that they feel pretty good about too. Uh, so again, it seems to be the case with most college teams. Like, how far is your pitching going to be able to take you? Because most offenses are going to have a pulse. Like, you're not going to get out there and you're not going to see guys that are, you know, only hitting like point oh eight, you know, mm-hmm. in in starting lineups anymore. Like, those days are done. Like, you're going to have guys that can hit. It's going to be a matter of how well can you play defense, which West Virginia played pretty stout defense last year, okay. and and how how well can you pitch it? Like, can you pitch well enough to where your offense can fill in those gaps? And I think that's that's going to be important for them. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Why is she talking to me? Okay, no, we're not doing that. Mm. Gosh. Interesting. All right, continue. Sorry, I'm very sorry about that. You ready for another bad hot take? Uh, here, come on, let me hear it. Texas is going to be bad. Uh, that's they that's are, really bold. They are that's... not back. Hashtag not back. Did Horns put... down. All all of the things negative Texas. I am in on it because they're not going to be good. Dave Pierce is, I believe, the most overhyped and overrated coach in the entire country. Their recruiting cycle was pretty abysmal. Like, they lost a lot of guys to the draft. They just did not recruit at the clip that you expect Texas to recruit. And what the heck is going to be their identity? You know, like, you think back a couple of years back, like, you had that stout lineup that could hit any pitch. You could put them up against an MLB staff, man, and, like, they're going to go out there and score six to seven runs. 
they weren't that last year. Their pitching staff last year, they were led by that that one guy. Yeah, I can't uh, remember his name. He played against he pitched against LSU he, in the midweek yes. and then he ended up getting put into a weekend starter role. What is like, his name? I don't know, but he's gonna he be can, back. He can, he's got and a he's nasty gonna be their stick. Friday night guy. But who do you have outside of him? You know, like I that really don't know. That's the thing with Texas is that man, they have they have lost their identity and I think it goes back to that team a couple of years back not being able to get over the hump. I just don't think that they've recovered from that. And I don't know that they're going to recover from that with Dave Pierce at the helm. So, my hot take is that Texas is going to be bad. There is something with you and orange teams that start with the letter T. Which is weird, man, because, like, no, I I like what Vitello has done at Tennessee. You know, I generally like what Texas has done, but, like, Texas has always been a baseball rival with LSU because of the national championship chase, you know, like, and, you know, all of the talks of them trying to come in and steal Palmineri whenever Augie Garrido was done or whatever. So, like, I don't love Texas as much, but, like, I don't know, man. You make valid points. I can't really argue with that. I do think that the Texas brand is going to carry them above mediocrity, but at the same time, I don't expect anything great from them. I could see a forty-win season. I don't think it's unquestionable. Yeah, it but may not be. It may not be hard to see, but also like it. It's hard for me to fight for them being a good team, like being fair enough. Being the kind of good that Texas is expected to be, where you're at minimum fighting for a super regional spot. Like I just don't see them doing that. And I can't say that I disagree with you. So on that note, let's move on to the Pac-12. Rip. So. Yeah, I better say there's not really much of a Pac-12 anymore. But let's start. Uh, let's start with the team that actually put up a decent fight against LSU in the regional, Oregon State. Okay, let's let's just say something first. Those dudes can hit, man. Those and dudes can swing it. And they're gonna hit again this year because they return every one of them. Golly, man, those dudes were those dudes were dinging up Paul Skeens a little bit, man. Like they're no, not second. Paul Skeens. Who was it? Uh. They they hit off of Thatcher Hurt. They hit off everybody, man. Yeah. They yeah. They their second baseman, Bazana Bonanza is what I call what, him. Yeah. Whatever it was. That dude's that dude's like He's a dog. Top top fifteen MLB draft prospect. Now I know it it's hard to say that when you have high school kids and like you don't know where they're gonna end up lining up Obviously. in the draft. College. That yeah. dude can play. He's and a that dude can hit. Like that, that is elite level hitability that he yeah, has. There's nothing in the zone was off limits for that dude. I remember watching him, and I'm like, this dude just like he barrels it up anywhere. Like it's not a problem for him. It's insane. That is so rare to see. But and they're and they're gonna do it again. Now, do you remember what their problem was last hey, year? These dudes can't pitch, man. They don't have any any depth. And they at all. and they didn't really do anything to address it. No, they didn't. They didn't, oh, man. Gosh. Like. Maybe a, maybe a, foot, a, a couple of high school arms, man, but, like, Oregon there's State, not a whole lot there. That's one of the few northern teams that's, like, kind of a baseball, like, dynasty, that's what you want to call it. But, like, is, is Pat Casey still coaching, or did he get That dude is long gone. When did he quit coaching? Long time ago. Are you sure? Oh, I'm positive. positive? Hold up, hold I've up. I've never been more sure of anything in my life. Oh, man, see, this is, I'm behind a little bit. But, but look, man, what's so, up? It is interesting that you say that because 
Oregon State after Pat Casey left, actually, we kind of we kind of saw a dip, right? Well, like, obviously, I mean, yeah, you you saw a dip in their in their ability and in their play, and now it it kind of seems like they're back on the rise because. Like, they've gotten away from trying to be a Pat Casey team, and now they're becoming their own thing. Yeah. Right? Like, they, they have kind of changed the culture, and they're becoming their this new culture, and the new culture is, is just as good. You know, like, and I, and I had to say this to my teams whenever I was coaching before, is that, like, there's more than one way to win, right? Like, we don't have to all emulate the exact same thing that that people in the past have done like there's more than one way to be successful and and i think oregon state is kind of on the cusp of proving that to us you know like i expect them to be a host potentially to be a top eight national seed so a super regional might come to corvallis and if that's the case man like they're a different team up there true so i i think that they're man they're poised for a really big year and UCLA, man, like they have to be good again eventually, right? Dude, they. I'm so like I grew up when I first got into baseball. That was like one of the most dominant teams of the game. I remember they had was it Garrett Cole and Trevor Bauer at the same time at one point? Was that it? I remember LSU had to go to a regional out there. Oh, that was embarrassing. And oh, it, I remember it that. made me so sad. Did we how how many runs did they score in total that entire weekend? It was very little. His, it might have been like eight, maybe. Oh, man. But, like, eventually they've got to get at least semi-close back to that, right? I hope so. I mean, now Like, I mean, you're, you're in L.A., like, you're in one of the greatest parts of the country to play baseball in because, like, the weather is always nice to play baseball. Like, but then you continue to see, like, this exodus of talent from them. Like, like again, we're LSU guys, so we think LSU – Two of LSU's three weekend starters are coming from, from UCLA. Thatcher Heard and Gage Jump. Like, like yeah. So I, I don't know, man. Like I, I see them ranked this year. They seem like a mid tier team, like somewhere in the thirteen to sixteen range, somewhere in there. But like eventually, you just gotta see them kind of be more than what they've been, you know, and and get back to that that kind of dominant mentality that they used to have. I mean, I feel like. It's good for the sport when UCLA is good, but I don't know. We'll see. I guess I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I hope they're good again soon. But so surprise teams from the Pac-12. I know there's not a whole bunch of teams over there to talk about, but is there any surprise teams that maybe you want to mention? I think Washington's building a really good team. Washington. Okay, I, I didn't keep up with Washington at all last season. I'm gonna be honest. So, Jason Kelly, former LSU coach. Went over there to, I think this will be his third season at the helm. And there's been just like incremental like adjustments that you see to where they're building a program. They're not just building teams like you see some teams do. Like they're building a good program and making a solid foundation for it. I'm not going to be super shocked if Washington somehow comes out and, and steals an NCAA bid. Like, not a not a conference champion bid because I don't think that they're good enough to beat the likes of Oregon State, uh, UCLA. They Oregon. might, can, but even Oregon, yeah. yeah. But I think that they're good enough to put a record together, get into the tournament, and then potentially surprise somebody at a regional site. Who knows? Now I think that all depends on where you get placed, right? Like yeah. when you when you talk about the NCAA tournament. 
half the battle is Look, getting in. Yeah. The second half of the battle is where am I going? Right. You know, and I think that that's where Oregon State got kind of a bad, kind of a bad draw last year, having to come to Baton Rouge. Like, if they would have been able to stay even remotely closer out west, like if they would have gone to Stillwater, they you know, probably would have pulled it out. They they probably could have won that regional. They probably could have been paired up in a in a good super regional, and then at that point, like you make a run to Omaha potentially. You know, yep. so. I think it's going to be interesting to see how Washington does from the jump because if you start quick, that gives you a little bit of wiggle room whenever you get into conference play, right. especially in places like the Pac-12 where you're not necessarily known as a strong baseball conference. I, th- I think that you could potentially see them steal a spot. All right, well, let's move on to the final conference, and this this one's not really known as a baseball conference, but there's a couple teams we can talk about, and that's the Big Ten. So let's start off with one that, uh, that I think has potential to actually be decent is Iowa. So they came in again with it. Where was that at? Uh, was it Frisco, Texas? Was that was Round it? Rock. Round Rock. They came in, and they, they stomped on LSU early in the mm-hmm. season, and uh, – Brody Breck, man, that dude, he's returned. I thought he would transfer out of there, but he stayed at Iowa. And what do you expect from him? I think he has the potential to really have an impact this season. I think a lot of Brody Breck the same way that I think of Chase Burns, in a, in a way, okay? You don't like the flamethrowers, though. I don't because typically your flamethrower can't command a zone. That's fair. Right? Like, you're you're trusting and putting your faith in the fact that a flamethrower is going to get up there and just throw hard enough to make hitters feel uncomfortable and chase out the zone. And that just doesn't happen in college ball. It, it doesn't happen as much. It happens, Every, but it doesn't happen as much. Like, yeah. especially when you get into these into the SECs and the mm-hmm. ACCs and things like that. Because you're seeing that every weekend. Yeah. So, I think that Brody Brecht has – a future in the MLB. I think that he's going to be a very good college player this season. But again, just like Chase Burns, what are you going to ask him to do? Are you going to ask him to go out there on a Friday night, shove, and start your weekend off right? Or are you going to be okay with telling him, hey, you're going to be my seventh to ninth inning guy, and I just need you to go in there and slam the door? And then you feel so comfortable with a Brody Breck coming in there with a one nothing lead and like trusting the fact that like, hey, he's he's not gonna give up much. And if he does, like you just have to tip your cap that day. Yeah. Cause so, what happens if the strike zone goes out? All right, anyway, let's move on. So next team, Michigan. Michigan, man. Michigan had that run in Omaha. Yeah, they made it when, was it twenty one, I wanna say? I think it was. Yeah. Where they, they made it to the championship series. With, like, this – it was like something out of the sandlot, right? It was like I was watching a team – 2019, I'm sorry. It was like a team that was thrown together in the sandlot. Like, you didn't have the dudes out there. Like, you didn't have the MLB talent that you normally feel is necessary to go to Omaha. But, man, they were fun to watch. It was. It's not very often you see a team from the northeast – or, no – North, northeast, that we area. Just call them north. Yeah, like they're, they're really they're straight, they're straight above us, pretty much. But you rarely do you see a team from up there make it all the way to the College World Series, much less the championship series. I was rooting for them. I was like, 
That's rare. I never would think I'd say that I was rooting for Michigan, but I was. I was. Life's weird sometimes, man. It is. But I, I do think that Michigan's one of those – you know, like we said, the Big Ten's not really known for their baseball. Like, it's not a very good conference. Normally you have, like, that one team that just kind of sneaks up out of nowhere. Like, I think of Maryland a few years back where they ended up hosting and, like, were hitting all those home runs and had a really veteran team and, like – Really random, and we've never seen that from them again. You know, you saw that with Michigan, you know, in 2019, and they made that big run and then haven't really heard anything from them again. The good thing for the Big Ten teams is that you figure out pretty early on how competitive they're going to be because of necessity, right? Like, you can't play baseball in the snow, so that forces them to try to find games in the south. And that's where all the good teams are at. Typically, that's where you're going to find your best teams is in the South. So, like, you're going to see Michigan playing in Arlington this year. They're they're in a little tournament, round-robin tournament in Arlington against some good ball clubs. So we're going to find out pretty quick if they're they're a pretender or if they might actually be something this year. So I'll be interested to kind of see that with them. As far as surprise teams go, I mean, it's hard to say because you don't really know with those northern teams. But I think that Penn State – you know, they they were a little frisky last year. They, you know, put up some good fights against some good teams, uh, made a little noise in the conference tournament, not much. But they're one of those teams where they're coming south and they're playing some legit competition. So I think that can do one of two things. That can either derail your season really quick because you get discouraged by getting railed by these teams, or you find you out can, real early. Yeah. You, can, you can find out that, like, Man, we might have a club here. Like mm-hmm. we might can make some noise. So I'm I'm looking at Penn State and thinking, ah, you know, maybe they can they can do a little something. All right. So we're about to wrap things up here, but before we finish, we're gonna we're gonna do our Omaha predictions, our our final eight. So no, you go ahead and you start off with yours. All right. So from for me, this is not in any particular order, right? Like these are just the teams that as I sit here and I think about it the teams that I would expect to see in Omaha. I think Wake Forest is, at this point, for most everybody a lot. Like, they they return a bunch of guys, a bunch of dudes in the infield, in the outfield, in their lineup. They they have the pitching that's going to be able to carry them. I, I think I feel like Wake is kind of, a, kind of a lock at this point. Florida, I think that Florida is going to make a return trip back. Uh, they return a lot of experience, including who I think again is going to be the Player of the Year in Jack Hagleyone. So I think that they're going, they're poised for that. Texas A&M, which is a team that we didn't talk about, kind of for time constraint reasons, but uh, Jace Lavalette is a dude. Like he is a he is. dude. He is. Braden Montgomery yep. is a dude. I totally forgot they got Braden Montgomery. They they have gotten some guys, and you know the. Kind of the joke is that Jim Sloshnagel or whatever can't win in Omaha. I think he's put together a team that could probably make a little bit of a run. So I won't be shocked, and I actually kind of expect to see A&M in Omaha this year. I, I hinted at it at the beginning. I think ECU is an Omaha team this year. Like If they don't do it this year, I think Cliff Godwin has got to find you know greener pasture somewhere. For his, for his legacy's sake, Like he's he's got to. So this has to be the year for them. Virginia is a team that we didn't really highlight or talk about, but they return a lot of guys uh, from a team that made their way to Omaha last year, so they got the experience. Uh, Oregon State, 
I think Oregon State can make it as well and that they're going to be able to to be very good and have a good run up there. Arkansas, I think, is poised for a run there in Omaha as well. And our uh, our homestanding Tigers here at LSU, I think, if they can figure out how to win with pitching and not by playing gorilla ball, I think that they're poised to potentially be back-to-back champs. I don't know that they will be, but I think they're poised to do so if they can figure out their offense and how to win with pitching. What about you, Braden? What you what you got for your eight? So let's, I'm just going to start off with my champion, and it's Wake Forest. I just, man, when you have a pitching staff like that, and I'm not saying they're going to be what they were last season, but, man, they, they're returning so many starting pitching. Uh, lineup is practically the same aside from maybe uh, – what was that dude's name that went to the draft? Uh, third baseman. Wilkin, Brock Wilkin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they still have uh, the first baseman. I can't remember any of their names. I think Hurts. Hurts. Kurtz. Kurtz. Yeah. yeah he, he's like the number one. he was like one, injured, yeah. yeah. He's like the number one uh, prospect yeah. in the draft this year. I knew that. I just couldn't remember his name. Tommy Hawk. He's I, he's a little pesky sucker. That dude can play some ball. Dude, they, I just don't think anybody's going to beat them. They sh- they really should have beaten LSU. It should have happened, and they just kind of choked. And LSU, they they played good, but I think Wake's going to do it this year. And I don't think they have as much competition in their way at the top. But we'll see. Uh, honestly, the rest of my list is very similar. I have A&M as well. Same reasons. They, they've got too much talent, and I think they're going to make their way back to Omaha. I think LSU's going to be back. They've got a really well-rounded team. They're just not going to quite have that top talent that's going to push them over the edge towards the end. I think Oregon State makes it this year. I do. I th- like you said earlier, I think they they really they'll, they'll their hitting will outmatch their pitching and they'll find a way to squeak in there and who knows, pitching like LSU's pitching was last season. They they might find a way to just get decent and that can go a long way in Omaha. Florida obviously will be there. I think they're going to be in the championship against Wake Forest. They'll probably get heartbroken two years in a row, but we'll see with that. Arkansas, once again, same as you. Uh, another team we talked about earlier, NC State. I think they squeak in. Normally I would have picked Virginia there, but I was like, you know, uh, there's always that one team that kind of makes it in, like TCU. This is my year. This this is my season's TCU. And then finally, it's the year of the mid-major, man. Supposedly like every four years or something like that, a mid-major either wins the World Series or like makes a good run. I got Coastal Carolina. The Chanticleers. Yeah, they won it, was it 2016? Yeah. Dude, I was in the box for that game, too, whenever oh, they gosh, just that was heartbreaking. absolutely destroyed that LSU. Was terrible. It made me feel better worst. that they won, though. So, I, I think they make it back this year. I think they, they've been having a few good seasons. They lost to Duke in a regional last season. But, you know, I we'll see where it goes. But that's my mid-major pick. And so, they're also my, like, dark horse to win it all. So, yeah. I didn't get to say my champ, man. You didn't say your champ. I did. I think Florida wins it. Like I just, I just uh, have, uh, I have a, I have a hard time picking against all of the guys that Florida has. Now, Kevin O'Sullivan sometimes has a tendency to do some pretty, pretty weird things, coaching wise, and make some pretty iffy decisions. Yeah. But, 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 I just think Florida has the best all-around team in the country, man. Like, but to, you, you know that, uh, that third baseman from Alabama. Shoot, Shelton. Yeah. You know he transferred to Florida. Oh, gosh. Well, that's great. Like, I mean, 
dude, they, they, they went in the transfer portal and loaded up. They, again, had an excellent recruiting class because it's Florida, and Florida baseball is just – high school baseball specifically is insane. Like, they returned the best player in the country. Like, yeah. I, I just have a hard time going against them. If they can stay healthy and O'Sullivan doesn't make any ridiculous decisions, like, I don't see how they lose. I mean, I think that's a good pick. That's who I have as my runner-up, so I, I respect that. Well, folks, this is it. This is a end of episode number one. I think what the uh, what the plan here is is that we're going to try to do one one podcast a week, just kind of looking at you know the landscape of college baseball. Um, we're like twelve days out, man. Like twelve it's days up out. On us. Yeah. So uh, so we're going to continue looking at uh, looking forward to the season. We're going to uh, look forward to all that. LSU has to offer for us, but whoever you root for and whatever team you're uh, following this year, uh, we hope the best for you unless you are Florida or uh, our most steady SEC team. But, uh, again, I think the plan is for us maybe once a week. So look out for the next one in the next couple of weeks, next episode. This is, again, just another baseball pod. Thanks for joining us, and we hope to see you again next time. Thank you for your interest in baseball.